You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hello and welcome to episode 98 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What up, what up? How you doing today, Blasco? Living the dream, my friend. Living the dream. Uh, In the last episode, we revisited episode 49 and chatted about our predictions from 2018. Uh, I think our batting average, Mike, was uh, 300 or something each, which... uh, (laughs) wasn't so bad yeah. um that was a really great episode so check it out if you haven't already today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet use our code pc jabberjaw and get 15 percent off your entire order hell yeah head on over to those guys rockabilia for 500 thousand plus items by the time this one airs i think you could still get something uh for that loved one on your your christmas or holiday list uh, don't quote me on that hunt on over there and check it out but they've got so much great stuff such a wide collection of you know different genres uh different you know they got movie stuff they've got band stuff you name it i can't even really think about it it's so uh so massive but the good news is no matter what you order, no matter how large your order is, you get 15% off the entire thing by using our code PCJobberJaw. So head over to rockabilia.com and tell them Blasco and Mike sent you. Yep. Today's episode is also sponsored by the cool kids over at bandzoogle.com, where you can build a stunning website for your music in minutes. Try it free for 30 days and be sure to use the promo code mental to get 15% off the first year of your subscription. Those guys are awesome and they are cool and they are artist friendly because it was, you know, that company was founded by an artist who was looking for a solution to make websites easy for bands. So they've done the hard work so you can do what you do best, which is, uh, you know, play music and market your music and listen to this podcast. So head over to bandzoogle.com, use the code mental, Tell them Blasco and Mike sent you and get 15% off. Yeah. This week, we take some questions from one of our loyal listeners. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Um, So, Mike, uh, one of our loyal listeners, Dan, wrote in. And uh, he's um, what I am now referring to as a stay-at-home musician. You know, there's a stay-at-home mom and there's stay-at-home dad. Well, he's a stay-at-home musician. <laughs> I, li- I like that. And and uh, and he's a one-man army. And he had some questions uh, for us. And his uh, letter to us starts off like this. Hey, guys, 
Thanks for the show. I hugely appreciate what you're doing for aspiring musicians like myself. I've got a topic that I don't think you've covered yet that I know applies to not only myself, but to a massive contingent of my fellow musicians. I'm a full-time mechanical engineer with a demanding job and commute. So I've opted to devote my limited available free time resources to creating the best music that I can. I'm starting work on my second album and trying to build some hype and a modest fan base prior to release and am looking for advice on the best path forward that maximizes the effectiveness of my time. Thanks for your time. Cheers, Dan. So he's got some questions here, Mike. Five of them to be specific. Here it goes. Number one, what in your experience is the most effective way to connect with and build a fan base as a non-gigging solo studio musician? Well, the good news is, and Dan, thanks for writing in, and um, Blasco, I love the the term that you've you've uh, <laughs> come up with there. But I mean, the good news is now more than ever, it's easy to connect, you know, or the tools are in your hands to connect that, you know, in a much easier capacity than they were when technology and social media and streaming platforms weren't prevalent. You kind of had to be out on the streets. You had to be out in people's faces. And so this isn't to say that that isn't still, you know, effective and isn't worth your time, but if you can't do it, because obviously it sounds like, you know, time management, based on his busy life, doesn't allow him to get out and do that. There's just so many tools at his disposal. And so, you know, I think depending on the genre and depending on, um, you know, whatever else, it's like start, start small, you know, start small and really figure out where there are other people who are doing similar things to what you're doing. Don't even think of it as, as fans just yet. You know, think of it as colleagues. Think of it as other people doing similar things to you who are going to identify and want to, you know, essentially kind of help. You guys are kind of building a little community that is going to ripple outward to what eventually become fans. That would be my suggestion. Yeah, here's a here's a different perspective. So uh, this week, um, I was invited to a screening of Lords of Chaos, which is the movie adaptation of the book about the true Norwegian black meddlers, um, Mayhem and Burzum. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which some of you may be familiar with. But the, the point of it is, is that uh, tr true Norwegian black metal uh, was basically, well, according to the movie anyway, was basically started with one man band situations. So um, <clears throat> like Burzum, for example, was one guy that didn't do gigs um, and, and thought that bands that did gigs were posers. Like they were the, the actual contingent of the, the, the base foundation of true Norwegian black metal was this scene thing built on these records and bands that were basically 
one guy um, or few guys that rarely played, if at all, ever. Um, so maybe it's something to where you can lock yourself into a scene or a thing and make it to where it's like, what you're doing isn't a negative. What you're doing is part of the subculture that you're building, kind of like what they did. Um, you know, that's a stretch, um, but it's on tip of my mind because I just went and saw this movie the other day. So, um, but you know, that's an idea. Um, may, you know, may, maybe it's something. Yeah, I dig it. It's cool. Uh, number two, um, are low effort real time updates more or less effective than infrequent high production quality posts? Would I risk losing connection with my fan base by posting too infrequently? Or do fans tend to wait it out and stick with you for months between updates? Well, I've got a hard, fast rule that I don't think has changed. It's great content done consistently over time. Now, some of those things aren't specific. Uh, you know, uh, consistency, well, what does that mean? You do have to define that period. Is it every hour? Eh, probably not. Is it every two months? Doesn't really sound like consistency to me. Um, you know, and then you let time do its thing. Uh, great content is something that you always want to aspire to, but great subjective, right? So, you know, I think we've seen that artists get, um, you know, they get paralyzed sometimes by, oh my God, what I'm about to, uh, you know, uh, put up isn't of a good enough quality. And at the end of the day, I think what I would say is real-time updates, you know, that have a focus that aren't just kind of random thoughts until you've built an established fan base that may want to hear your random thoughts. I think if you can do something that's focused, that doesn't have to be super high production and can do those with relative frequency, and then make sure that it's something interesting. If you're covering the exact same thing each and every time you do an update, people aren't going to have any desire to, to tune in or pay any attention to it. So uh, again, great quality done consistently over time. Yeah, I mean, he, he's most specifically referring to social media here and is is the base of the question, is consistency more important than being infrequent? And the answer is yes for all the things that Mike said, as well as for the algorithms themselves really don't cater to infrequent posting. Um, in, in fact, Instagram definitely uh, has shows a lot of love to consistency uh, and definitely dings the inconsistency. So I think if you're trying to build a fan base to play your music for, to have someone to actually listen to your music that you're spending all your free time focusing on, uh, I would stand to reason that uh, uh, focusing on consistent postings, uh, whether they're high quality or not, is more important than not posting at all, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, number three, how can I self-promote to fans directly without turning them off or participating in online groups like it's a full-time job? maintaining one or two requires enough of my time as it is. Yeah. I mean, I think you almost flipped this one on its head and we all come from a place where more is more, right? And that makes sense. Mm -hmm. We're trying to reach the widest audience possible, but what if you flipped it to, to less is more and the one or two that do require enough of your time, you really 
focus on which one or two you're going to get the maximum results out of. If you really, you know, get in there and engage and establish yourself and establish a relationship that you're looking for, you know, again, sometimes it's hard to figure out who's a colleague and who's a fan. But as you navigate that stuff, you're going to figure it out and really just put your the maximum amount of time and effort into that until you've got more bandwidth for more, um, you know, and then go to three or four. It's like, I, I think we're all guilty of this. And of course, the artists that we, we work with are guilty of this. We think, well, one's not enough and, or, you know, a thousand's not enough. So why start with one? And it's like, well, because the only way to get there is to start with one or two in this case. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the, the other side of this is, you know, I think a lot of artists want to develop material. It sounds like you're working on a second album. You've got this timeline. And then once it's done, it's like, well, I need to get it out there to the world. You know, what if you sort of flipped your script a little bit where you've built you know, an engaged community of colleagues, which potentially turned into fans. And then once you've hit a certain threshold, that's when you actually start to release your music. Yeah, potentially maybe he's a little worried about being overly salesy, uh, like overly, you know, pitchy to his fans of like, hey, buy this or hey, buy that or, you know, but I feel like, I feel like there's ways around that. Um, if that is in fact what his concern is, um, because really you want to self promote to your fans directly, but of course you don't want to turn them off. So don't post stupid shit or don't, don't be the account that posts 15 things in one hour and then doesn't post anything for three days, right? Like be consistent and make sure your content is good. One suggestion if you're on Instagram, make your feed consistent and make it something engaging on your normal feed. But on your stories, you can post the salesy shit on the stories because that disappears in 24 hours. Plus, you can put a direct link to where whatever it is that you're selling, you can sell directly to your fans. And if, and if they're engaged with what you're doing, then they're going to see your stories and they're going to want to swipe up and buy whatever it is that you're selling music, MP3s, you know, t-shirts, whatever. Um, so that's potentially a way around or, you know, hacking the system of social media. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the, the reality here is, is if you're worried about turning your fans off, just, don't post stupid shit, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Fair point. I guess then the question is stupid is subjective. And, and so, uh, but, but, but it is a good point. I think a lot of people as they navigate and are trying to figure out who their true self is and how to promote, I mean, promoting yourself is not easy, no. right? For many of us. And so again, uh, you know, what you and I probably do with many artists that feel like they're stuck in any capacity. Hey, we want artwork, but we don't know exactly what we want. Well, go and look at what artwork you like, right? And and then let's see who made it. And maybe it's one or two or three people. And let's look at what the composition of it is. Why do you like it? 
what do you like about it? Is it simple? Is it complicated? Is it futuristic? Is it, you know, illustrations? Like what, what is it? And so in this case, you know, we've talked about reverse engineering things. Look at what other people are doing that you like. In Blasco's case, he's talking about a good social media presence. Look at, you know, some of the artists that you look up to. What is it that they're doing? Do you understand that when you are a stay-at-home musician, things are going to be different. You do have to do different tactics um, than, than those that are more established. And selling yourself, whether it's on your socials or whether it's, um, you know, online groups, it's part of what you're going to have to get comfortable with. But you don't have to become an expert at it overnight. You can you know, start small. And by the time your music's ready to be promoted for real, hopefully you're, you're better at it than when you started. I follow this dude on Instagram. Uh, and he, during his commute, because our friend Dan here has a, a, a hectic job as well as a hectic commute. And I follow this guy on Instagram and on his commute, he videos himself <laughs> singing death metal tracks. Yeah, or you know, like and like because he's he's practicing to sing for a band, and all his posts are in his car during his commute, singing along to insane death metal tracks, just to, like practice, and then he wants people's feedback and whatever. But I follow it. Not because it's hilarious, but my point of it is, is he's making best use of his time while he's commuting, yet promoting himself as a singer. So, and in, in, in the context of what's engaging on social media, right? So I think it's kind of interesting perspective, kind of what you're saying is like, Hey man, you know, look at what works, maybe something completely out of the box like that, that you would think might be silly or maybe sound silly. But whenever you see, you go like, Oh, that's actually kind of a cool way to promote yourself, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the truest form of getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah. You know, doing something like if it feels like it's, it's a challenge, it, it probably is right, and it, and it, and overcoming that challenge is probably what you're going to need to to get some sort of breakthrough. It might not be massive, um, but yeah, putting ourselves out there is not easy. So yeah, that that sounds awesome. I'll have to check I'll have to check that guy out. Uh, number four. Are there legitimately beneficial label arrangements available to solo artists to market and distribute physical merch, or do they tend to not really work out in the artist's favor? Are labels only interested if the music has not yet been made public? So a couple part question here, and and I'm imagining, I don't know if you would agree with this physical merch. I'm thinking like he's talking physical CDs or LPs and yes. not t-shirts. Yes. Um, you know, if you're a stay at home musician that doesn't have some sort of existing following, eh, the chances of this being available to you is probably slim to none. Um, you know, there are enough tools out there that allow you to, get your music out, get your music up and allow you to then promote it. Um, and, you know, labels are going to have to invest. And most of them, even though they are willing to take some chances, are going to want to invest in something that they think has a chance of actually not only recouping the investment that they made, but making some money, you know? Um, so that would be my take on the first part, which is, are there 
legitimately beneficial label arrangements available to solo artists to market and distribute physical merch. Do you, do you agree with that or have a different perspective on it? I, I mean, I think overall, like if you're a SoundCloud rapper, that's a solo mission to begin with. And you can cut some tracks at, in the comfort of your own home and put it on SoundCloud. And if it blows up, then you can follow that path of getting a deal, putting an EP out, putting a record out, going on tour, right? You can you can do all that from the comfort for starting from the comfort of your own home because that's the way SoundCloud rapper situation works. Now, I'm assuming if he listens to our show, his music is probably geared more towards a heavy metal band. And the way that our world works is that if you're a heavy metal band and you make music, the solo situation it probably isn't going to work out for that long in that you're eventually going to have to play shows, right? You're eventually going to have to you have some kind of presence in the world. Like in and of itself, some music is only going to get you so far. So like I, I find it hard to think that a label is going to want to pick up some music just because it's great music and put it out in the world if there's really no fan base to attach it to. Um, and then if there's no follow-up to have a live band to go out there and present it to the world, I once again also find that hard to believe. Um, our label is only interested in the if the music has not been made public. Not necessarily. I mean, look, if you made music and put it out there and it blows up and it catches fire, labels are going to be interested in picking that up and either redistributing it with some real muscle behind it, or they'll pick you up for whatever your next project is. But but look, if you're saddled with a real responsibility in life that pays your bills and this is more of a hobby, maybe something to consider is looking into finding a band of dudes that can go and play your music, right? And maybe you can be the Lou Pearlman of heavy metal and <laughs> put together heavy metal boy bands and you write all the music and, and you know, do all the promotion and you got these dudes that are out there, you know, hustling. I don't know. It's just, there's no rules, but it feels like you're trying to fit yourself into a box that maybe doesn't really exist. Yeah. These are sort of those like dreaming situations. And again, Blasco and I've seen everything under the sun uh, manifest at one point or another. So it's none of these are impossible, but you know, let's talk about what's realistic and not the exception. And yeah, I think uh, what we would, we would encourage here is, do these baby steps of building that fan base and, you know, seeing what comes from that as opposed to, you know, I think so many people want to have physical product because that's what they grew up and they think that actually is what makes them a quote unquote real musician. But inevitably, you know, let's look at the times and how they're changing and how physical product is really, you know, mostly something that's, you know, small, uh, Small run, you know, very limited for the, the the core fan base at this point. Yep. His final question, Mike, it's a doozy. How do I get taken seriously as a total nobody with no real connections without needing to quit my career? 
uh, step by step once again. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's sort of that all or nothing mentality. I'm a total nobody. Uh, but how do I get taken seriously? It's, you know, doing some of the things that we talked about in the earlier questions, building that fan base. You know, I think so many artists want to think that there's just this magic switch that gets pushed by a label or a manager or a marketer or a publicist. And that's just not the case as we've covered in plenty of our episodes previously, you know, it's, you know, we are able to come in and add some value to something that's already built. You may be a total nobody and you may have no real connections. That might be true. It doesn't mean it has to be your story for the rest of time. You become a somebody by connecting with people. We talked about how you connect with people. You start small. You connect with one person. Set some goals for yourself, right? Get into some groups. Look at other people that you admire. Don't go for you know, the top tier of the list, go for the person who's one step above you, you know, or two steps above you. And, you know, talk to those people, see what they did, create a genuine connection. So then you get rid of your, your, your caveat there of real connections, you start to make connections. And as you make connections, and as you put out good material, and as you do it consistently, and as you do it over time, then you become a somebody. Without needing to quit your career, again, only you can determine how much time and energy and effort that you can put into it. All I think Blasco and I would say is, as guys with a lot of demands on our plates, we try to make sure that when we do focus on something, we're maximizing our effectiveness. We're spending our time. We get together for a very short amount of time each week and record this podcast, but we try to do it as effectively as possible. We don't waste too much time, you know, trying to figure it all out. We've developed a process to do that. And that's just one example of the ways that guys like us are able to do that while we're podcasting without quitting our career, right? Yeah. That's what we are doing. So, yeah. Well, cool. Well, uh, Thanks, Dan, for writing in. That was um, that was a fun episode, but this does conclude episode 98. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com, just like Dan did. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? Nah, Dan, thanks for writing in and thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, Remember to head over to rockabilia.com and use the code PCJabberJaw for 15% off, as well as bandzoogle.com and use the code MENTAL for 15% off. Other than that, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MikeOloop. And if you're interested in taking your career as an independent musician one step further, check out what's available over at OuterLoopCoaching.com. Blasco, always a pleasure to connect. And Dan, this was a fun one for us to talk through. Thanks, everybody. Peace. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast. 
a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.